Hi, this is Mark Rabin. Welcome to episode 108 of Lean Blog Audio for November 30th, 2015. Today's episode is titled, You Got Them to Do What? Getting a Hospital to Dedicate 16 Weeks of Staff Time to Lean. Now, how many times do we hear people say things like, we don't have time for lean? We, it happens a lot, right? So as I've said before, a lack of time is a problem to solve. It's not an excuse to hide behind. If improvement is important, you find ways to make it happen. If developing staff capabilities and learning how to practice lean is important, you start some experiments and you figure it out. Now, the classic Kaizen event is a full week, and that poses a real challenge to many organizations. How do we dedicate staff time to that? How do we backfill staff to keep things running normally? You know, th those are solvable problems, and many organizations figure this out, even if it's not easy or painless. Some organizations get creative and solve the problem by doing shorter, more focused events. If it's too difficult to pull staff away for a week or even a few days, some organizations have used the daily continuous improvement model of Kaizen to identify and fix small problems. It's easier to find 20 minutes or an hour to work on a small problem and a small solution here and there within a team. Yet many organizations still struggle to make this happen. So how did I get 16 weeks of time? Well, I started working in healthcare just over 10 years ago. I, when I started, I was part of a consulting team um, called Valumetric Services, which was a part of Orthoclinical Diagnostics, which was a part of Johnson & Johnson at the time. Now, unlike many consultants, our model was not built around lots of training or a series of week-long Kaizen events. We had what we referred to as a lean transformation model, which was basically a 12 to 16 week project that dramatically redesigned and overhauled a department or a value stream. This model was taught to ortho and valumetric services by consultants who had worked in J&J manufacturing and sometimes worked with our healthcare clients. These um, teachers, uh, sensei, if you will, for us included Mark Jamrog and Charlie Protzman. Charlie has, by the way, written some books on lean healthcare. Um, same publisher as mine, Productivity Press. You can find links to his books uh, by going to leanblog.org slash audio 108. Now, that basic model included 100% dedicating the time of four to six staff members to the project that entire time, 40 hours a week. The early Valumetrics projects were based in hospital clinical labs, which is natural since Valumetrics was working with the customers of orthoclinical diagnostic, uh, lab analyzers, and equipment. A quote-unquote core lab project would usually include a few medical technologists from the main areas being affected, such as chemistry and hematology, maybe a technologist from another area, like microbiology or histology. There was usually a lab assistant on the team, and we'd often have an emergency department nurse or an inpatient nurse to help represent the internal customer viewpoint. And again, we would get those people full time for the entire 12 to 16 weeks. At an average fully loaded cost of $50 an hour, 40 hours a week times six people times 12 weeks is a staff cost and investment of $144,000. That was plus the cost of our consulting services. That's a huge investment. And the cost would be higher if they used short-term agency or temporary staff or overtime to help backfill the lean project teams. Now, as a consultant, my role was to help teach and coach so that the lean teams and their leaders and their colleagues could learn by doing over that period. I would typically be there for two or three weeks 
in a row before stepping back for a week to allow the lean teams to continue working on their own. Sometimes they'd do really well, and sometimes they would struggle. But either way, that was part of the development process, and I was there to coach them and, and get them back on track if needed. Our goal wasn't just about ROI, cost savings, return on investment. We were also trying to build capabilities so that, uh, for one, Lean was more than just a project becoming the way we do things. Two, Lean could lead that initial project to ongoing continuous improvement. And three, Lean could be spread to other parts of the hospital with or without the consultants continuing help. Now, the Value Metrics case studies aren't online anymore. Um, Value Metrics uh, doesn't really work that same way anymore, or if the clinical got sold, long story. But you can read one of the case studies um, that I was involved in personally, I've saved and posted it to my website. Again, you can find a link at leanblog.org slash audio 108. But here's part of the case study. It reads, the importance of building a lean team of hospital staff. Fundamental to the Value Metrics process excellence approach is to build a lean team of hospital staff so that lean processes can be sustained after the consultants leave. At Riverside, the lab's lean team consisted of two med techs, one pharmacy tech, one lab assistant supervisor, and an administrative assistant who worked half-time. For 14 weeks from July 2006 through early October, the team devoted 100% of its time to the lean implementation process. Volumetrics consultants were on site for 10 of those 14 weeks, providing extensive training and leading a current state analysis in the lab, which found that the existing lab layout and processes drove wasted motion and delayed turnaround times. The volumetrics approach works so well, according to Dr. John Jerica, Riverside's VP of Medical Affairs, quote, because you have a team that's committed to it full-time for a period of weeks. They did present state knowledge and took the time for a thorough analysis. Often people assume they know their problems, so you don't take a critical look at mapping out the problems, end of quote. So dozens of hospitals took the plunge and tried this volumetrics approach with the dedicated staff time. And even with the expense, the return was often very compelling, although, as it says in the case study, uh, the financial return wasn't the only thing that mattered. The return and the benefits of these projects usually included uh, reduced overtime costs, reduced temporary staff costs you know, after the project was done, reduced staffing costs, which was always uh, realized through attrition or reassignment, never through layoffs, shorter patient length of stay, driven by faster lab turnaround times, and increased revenue resulting from increased capacity, doing more testing volume with less staff. And that ROI was usually very, very positive, even when considering the cost of physical lab renovations that helped improve flow. Now, I was reminiscing recently with one of my former colleagues, and we both smiled and shook our heads a bit when we asked rhetorically, how in the heck did we ever get hospitals to agree to get dedicating time and making such a big investment? So answering our own question, I think these were some of the factors. One, Lean was totally brand new to our clients in most cases, so they wanted input and advice about how to proceed. Two, our clients believed that the 12 to 16 week project approach gave more time for everybody to learn by doing, including the lab managers, directors, and sometimes the hospital senior executives. Three, the benefits, including ROI, had been clearly demonstrated from other projects at other client sites, and we had great word of mouth and referrals about our approach and results. And I wrote about this approach in different editions of my book, Lean Hospitals, including the upcoming third edition. 
In my book, I've called these initial projects model lines, or they're what John Toussaint and others call a model cell. Um, you can also read about this in his most recent book, Management on the Mend. Toyota and their TSSC group recommend this model line approach as well. In the third edition, I've shared some endorsements of this model line approach from two different lab managers and directors. It says, Clay York, formerly the lab manager at Children's Health in Dallas, Texas, reflects on Arlene's success, as highlighted in Chapter 1, saying, We save $419,000 annually in labor costs without layoffs as a result of our initial lean implementation project. These savings would not have been possible without the continual flow and implementation of ideas and suggestions from the people who do the real work. Freeing up their time to actually write up and follow through with their plans is absolutely necessary to achieve these types of results, end of quote. And Stephanie Mitchell, lab services director at Riverside Medical Center, Kankakee, Illinois, that was um, the case study that I've shared, she added, for lean to be successful, you need dedicated staff and dedicated time to accomplish the goals of a project or improvement. They can't give the attention needed while still doing their regular job. So we had four staff members dedicated to lean for about 12 weeks as we redesigned our lab, and we still occasionally schedule days for staff to process improvement and redesign. It takes time to work on improvement, but in the end, the return on investment was well worth it, end of quote. So I'm curious to hear your reactions. What do you think about this sort of model line approach as an alternative or a complement to A, doing lots of training and belt certifications, B, doing lots of rapid improvement events scattered throughout a hospital or a system, C, using a limited set of lean methods like 5S across an entire organization. Now, you know, these projects are intense. You know, I haven't done one in six years since uh, 2009 when I left Valumetrics to join the Lean Enterprise Institute, uh, but they are rewarding. They are a lot of fun. You know, let me know if you'd like to talk about that approach in ways I might be able to help you and your organization in 2016. You can email me, mark, at leanblog.org. Thanks for listening.